This is a Monty moment. I'm Johnny Montabano. As we look back at the first full week of the college football season, which didn't look like we were going to be able to talk about much this past week, but after what we saw early Saturday afternoon and late Monday night, well, there is a little bit to talk about after this opening full weekend of the college football season. And really, when you when you look back at the opening weekend, everybody's talking about the Colorado Buffaloes, and how could you not after Deion Sanders came in there, his first game as Buffs head coach, and all he does is upset the 17th-ranked TCU Horn Frogs, the runner-up in the national championship game last year, as Colorado won 45-42, to nine months in the making after Dion uh, suited up Mr. Primetime there in his much-anticipated debut, and he came to Boulder he, to revitalize this program, which has just been, you know, down in the dumps for a long time, and this was an un- unprecedented roster flip. Um, 87 newcomers there for the Buffaloes, including two-way star Travis Hunter, who played over 120 snaps there on Saturday. Of course, Dylan Edwards and quarterback uh, Shador Sanders, Dion's uh, son, and all his son did was throw for a school record 510 yards with four touchdowns. Of course, the game winner with a uh, 46-yard catch and run by true freshman Dylan Edwards with 425 left. His school record 510 passing yards were the most by a player in his first football game, subdivision game, since 1996, which eclipsed the, plevi- the previous high of 450 by Cal- California's Jared Goff against Northwestern in 2013. Travis Hunter, a hybrid kind of player, maybe even more so, more so impressive debut in his FBS debut, the two-way player was on the field, as I said, for more than 120 plays from scrimmage. He was the first player in at least 20 years to intercept the pass and have 100 yards in in receptions in the same game. Very cool thing to see because you don't usually see this. Now, if he was if he was to go pro, could he be a two-way player? I doubt it. But you know, in the college game, you can get away with that. Because, but I don't know if you can play 120 snaps per game and be as effective and maintain that throughout a full season. But still. An amazing feat. And the first uh, Colorado true freshman running back, Dylan Edwards, to start an opener since 1991. He became the fourth true freshman nationally to score four touchdowns in his first game. He caught three and ran for one. And already Coach Deion Sanders has a signature win as a three-touchdown underdog in his first game as a major college football coach. So an incredible feat there for the Buffaloes, I'll tell you what, if I would have picked that game, I actually would have taken the Buffaloes getting points because TCU is also going through a major change. They, they lost some talent to, the, to the, the pros as well, and I think there was a little bit of extra motivation there for Coach Deion Sanders, but no way in the world would I thought they would have won that game. But that was just an incredible moment. You know, we didn't have a lot of incredible moments in college this past weekend, but that was definitely one, almost you can say the highlight of the reel, and I cannot wait for this upcoming weekend as they open up at home against Nebraska and their new head coach, Matt Rule. So kind of that's going to be kind of an intriguing storyline. We may touch on that on the, later on in the week. So a great moment there for the Colorado Buffaloes as they get their first win after only winning one game all of last year. Another interesting moment from last week, before we get to the Duke-Clemson game, I want to spring it real quick. It was a game that we had picked last week on the Monty Moment, and that was uh, Florida State and LSU. And how about number eight, Florida State topping – the Tigers 45 to 24 as Seminoles quarterback Jordan Travis threw for four touchdowns and ran for another. So that made him the first player in 10 years to do that against a top 10 opponent. 
not the end of the world there for the Tigers, but it definitely is kind of a blow if you're talking about them in the in the playoff picture. But they're still very, very live there in the SEC. And I'll tell you what, though, if you're the Seminoles, you had a great weekend because what also happened this what also happened on Monday night was the Duke Blue Devils upsetting number nine Clemson twenty eight to seven. And you know what, head coach Mike Elo, he uh, Elko, I should say, he he has built rebuilt Duke's competitive edge. And then it's confidence. And now a game into a second season, he's led the Blue Devils to their biggest win in years after this upset. And even just, you know, when you look at the game itself on Monday night, to hold Clemson three times inside the 10-yard line, even to the one on two of those possessions, and to hold the Tigers scoreless in those is an amazing feat. The Blue Devils also blocked two field goals and also recovered two fumbles in critical goal line moments and really didn't surrender massive chunks of big play yardage in Clemson's first game with under new offensive coordinator, Garrett uh, Riley. This is Duke's first AP top 10 win since 1989. And after nine wins last year, including a bowl victory, what an amazing feat there for uh, Mike Elko and the Blue Devils. And I mentioned this on the Monty Moment last week. You know, don't sleep on the Blue Devils just because of their name. Nine wins last year. Their only four losses were combined 16 points. And they had won 10 games in the previous three seasons. So the Blue Devils football program and their quarterback, uh, Riley Leonard, is definitely a guy to watch here. You're going to hear a lot this year about Caleb Williams at USC. You're going to hear a lot about Drake May at North Carolina. But – uh, Riley Leonard there at Duke definitely has the potential to be a pro quarterback and a pretty good one as well. And we saw him scramble for a big touchdown on Monday night as well. So you look at Clemson's though side, I mean, not a, not a great Monday night and week for Davos Sweeney's squad. No top 10 team had lost an opener to an unranked team by 11 plus points since at least 2000. Clemson had hit double figures in scoring in 72 straight ACC games before Monday and the Tigers fell to 58-1 and one when having at least 200 yards rushing and passing under coach Dabo Sweeney. Oh, and did I mention that former quarterback DJ Uwe Ungagale in a season debut for Oregon State? 20 of 25, 249 total yards, five total touchdowns against San Jose State. So a rough season debut there for the Clemson Tigers. And, you know, any outside shot of them about the playoff spot. I mean, they got to turn it around. I mean, I, I I think they will turn it around. I mean, they got a favorable matchup in their home opener on this coming Saturday, but not what you wanted to see there for from under Cade Klubnik, who also had an interception in the game. Not a great day for their offense. Their defense, you know, they were out on the field for a while. Not great, not terrible, but not a great debut there for Clemson as well. Big deal this, this opening weekend, and this has happens too when you look at matchups decisive week one wins for a lot of these teams. You know, we had number 15, Oregon, number 20, Oklahoma, number 22, Old Miss, amongst others. It was really, you know, even if you take out those games, this was all about the blowouts. You had Oregon win 81 to seven against Portland state. They outscored, they scored the sixth most points by an FBS team since 2000. The previous team that amassed so many points was TCU, which beats Texas tech 82 to 27 in 2014. The 74-point differential was the largest since Oklahoma beat Western Carolina 76 to nothing back in 2021. But really, I mean, it's all—it's more than just that. I mean, you look at some of these games that happened over the, the weekend. Number one, Georgia beat UT Martin 48 to seven. Number four, Alabama's season debut was a, was a 56-7 winner over Middle Tennessee. You had number six, USC beat Nevada 66 to 14. I mean, I could just keep going on and on. Number 10, Washington beat Boise State 56-19. 
You had Tennessee beat Virginia 49-13, but really that game was really all about Virginia getting back onto the football field after their tragedy late last season, and their home opener will be coming up this weekend. That will be an emotional scene there in Virginia. You had number 13, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, improved to 2-0, 56-3 win over Tennessee State, and it just it just goes on and on. Syracuse beat Colgate 65-0, and that, that's really the opening weekend there in college football. Number 22, Texas A&M – number 23, Texas A&M, I should say, one fifty-two to ten, and again, it just the story goes on and on. But again, that's op- that's the opening week when you don't have any preseason in college football. You're going to have these kind of when you have also these lopsided matchups. That is what's going to happen. Also, I have to talk about you know I'm I'm dealing with this problem too, and this has been a problem that's making news all over the country. And that is that there were some games this weekend I could not watch because I have Spectrum and. If you don't know, you probably maybe you're feeling this as well, and you or you've probably heard about it. But you have Disney channels like ESPN that were dropped from Charter Spectrum in an ongoing dispute that started Thursday night, just as the Florida Utah game was about to kick off. I was about to sit back here in my off in my studio here and watch the game, and then boom, the screen ended up you know popping up, and you've probably seen it right now about the dispute that's been going on. It's just annoying, but because this was ten days in the making that they had a chance to figure this out, and I got to tell you, I mean this. This really could have wider consequences. If you, you know, if you watch us here on the Empty Bench Podcast Network, I know my colleagues Tom Albano and Zan Bando brought this up on their show, MMA Outsiders. I know my guys Nick Morgison and Tom Albano will bring that up on Empty the Bench later on this week. So check that out as well. But I mean, they're two of the biggest players in cable and, and TV, and really, this has a big sports angle to this because you know you've got a big college game Saturday night between Texas and Alabama that's on ESPN. You know, you've got NFL football that's starting this week. And, you know, you've got a Monday night game and this is currently affecting 15 million viewers. And this really could have a, a, you know, this could be the start of the end for TV. My colleague, Nick Morgan, I've talked about this, how we feel like radio is a dying industry. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think TV is going down the same road between this. And if that's not enough, you also have a situation with CBS, Next Star Media Group and DirecTV. So if you're an Ohio State, Indiana fan and you wanted to watch the game on Saturday, you couldn't do it. I went out to a bar Saturday because I wanted to watch that game. Couldn't get it because DirecTV, yeah, DirecTV and you couldn't get CBS. And this has been, and if you think this thing with Spectrum is bad, this has been going on since July. And this is affecting 10 million people um, across satellite cable and streaming bundle packages. I tell you, this is a big, big deal when it comes to college football, pro football, sports in general. So this is something to keep an eye on too as we get you know, into some big college games down the road. Uh, I know even some ABC affiliates have been affected by the whole spectrum bit. And, you know, we had North Carolina, South Carolina happening this week. So really a big, big deal here for college sports uh, as well as pro sports and sports in general with all this that's going on. So we will definitely see what happens there. Of course, like I said, my guys will have a lot more on this topic on their shows this week, but that's what's going on here after a first full week in college football. Uh, when I look at it, like I said, you know, great stories there like Colorado. Uh, I think Clemson's now going to have a very, very long road back. And I think you're seeing now that maybe already the tide's turning with Florida State there in the ACC. North Carolina is showing that they're in this as well. But it's kind of overreaction after week one, but not really because every week is pivotal in the college football season. And we'll see what happens. Again, we've got a big matchup coming up this week. Of course, I'll be back with you on Thursday for week two of the college football picks. And we'll see what we can do for you right there. And this is just the start of a big week for us here on the Monty Moment. I'll see you again on Wednesday for the NFL, Thursday for college, and back again on Friday for our first football Friday of the season. It is going to be a blast. Like I said, we are just getting started, both college and pro-wise. 
For more, you can like us on Facebook and X at GameOnETB, on Instagram at GameOn underscore ETB. And, of course, my personal handle there as well. Check us out on our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash ETB Network. If you like our, our Monty Moments, leave us a like. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. And, of course, now more than ever, have your notification set so you know when all of our stuff is going to be coming out. Check us out on our website at etbpodcast.com. A lot of great blogs have been coming out there in the last couple of days, and we got more upcoming there. And you can also check us out on your favorite audio platform if you want to te- take us on the go on any of your favorite audio podcast platforms. So you have that as well. So like I said, Big Monty Moments this week. I'll see you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for the Big Football Friday show. This has been a Monty Moment. I'm Johnny Montalbano. <laughs>